Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Natural Born Hunter podcast. And tonight, we're going to start out with this. Phil, what is better than getting 10% off on your Mountain Ops purchase? Getting 11% off your Mountain Ops purchase? That's true. And what's better than that? Well, we can walk this all the way up, but let's just go ahead and jump right up to 20% off, Will. Yes, let's not annoy our listeners by going <laughs> increment by increment till he gets 20%. If you want 20% off your next purchase from Mountain Ops, go to GetMountainOps.com, enter the coupon code NBH20 at checkout, and boom, you get 20% off. I encourage you to do so. I love my Mountain Ops. Hell yeah, they've got great proteins, pre-workouts, they got little... BCA pills that I love, multivitamins. I mean, if you want to get jacked, just take a little Yeti, and you will be well on your way. That's it, man. And you can't beat the new flavor of the Yeti. So check it out, everybody. Once again, NBH20 at checkout. Also, uh, we are able to provide to you a pretty sweet gift code from Maven Optics which is NBH gift. If you enter that at your checkout, they will send you some free Maven swag with your purchase. I mean, these are probably one of the hottest binoculars out there today. They're fully customizable, you know, when it comes to camo patterns, colors, and not only that, they're great glass. I'm going to have Phil tell you a little bit more about that because he had a really nice expensive pair of binoculars and he sold them and got himself yeah, some no, Mavens. I Absolutely, man. I mean, when you when you look at us as hunters, we want the best bang for our buck, right? And not everybody has fifteen hundred or two grand or twenty five hundred dollars to spend on a pair of optics. So why not get as close to the good the quality of what those two thousand dollar pair of binoculars are for half the price? You know, I mean, Mavens put a excellent product together. They've eliminated the middleman and brought you the hunter, you know, the best product they can put together and kept it in a reasonable price. So, you know, if you don't believe us, you know, they're out here, they're finishing first or second in, in all kinds of awards when they're, they're putting their binoculars out there for an independent review. They just took second in a recent review on their spotting scope. And that's, there was over 30 entries into that review. Uh, all the big boys were in there too, ladies and gentlemen. And Maven, yes, on their new spotting scope, took second place in there. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, you know, that they're, they're putting out top-notch quality products, you know, I don't know what it is. Listen to me. It's money. Listen to Will. You know, they're giving us, they're giving us and our listeners the opportunity to, you know, look, if you're watching, check out this sweet hat I got on. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a sweet hat right there I got with my binos, right? So check it out, man. They're going to kick you a free gift. I encourage you to support the companies that are really keeping the hunter in mind. That's right. So it's for Mountain Ops, NBH20 for 20% off your purchase at checkout. And for Maven, it's NBH Gift at checkout. Try them out. At Maven Let, built, yeah, mavenbuilt.com. That's right. That's right. So get on over there and try them out. And now go on and enjoy the show. I don't know. You're just a young kid looking around for a job to uh, keep you out in the woods and go hunting and there you go. Find a job in your small town and start working. That's, uh, that's how I got into it. <laughs> that's awesome. 
I've never heard of anyone with such like like a unique job like that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I was uh, born and raised here in Ashland, and uh, never even knew that the company existed. And a buddy of mine had uh, started working on their production line, you know, flipping jars or whatever. And uh, um, you know, he's like, "There's openings up here." And, so I went and checked it out, and then they were already in business for, gosh, probably from before I was ever born. That's crazy. So, yeah. Walked in there, gave my application, said I was a farm kid, you know, looking for work, and they hired me. So how do you go from farm kid looking for work, roasting peanuts, to back-to-back, two-time, train-to-hunt national champion? Is it is it all the <laughs> almond butter? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. Could be. Um, I don't know how that works. It's an interesting ordeal. I just, you know, my job is is what it is for this valley. You either do that, or you're in construction. It seems like, or you move out of here to head towards Portland, whatever. And, um, uh, it, my passion and my, my love is just out in the woods and bow hunting. And so, uh, that job was perfect for me as a young man. I was, uh, working nights and, uh, could go out first thing in the morning, get my hunting in or do whatever and do a, a side job if I wasn't, uh, wasn't hunting season. So, um, then as I got older and, or, you know, working uh, the nights and going out hunting and being late to work so many times. They're like, well, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should think about being the early guy. So started going in there at five in the morning and I get out of that one thirty and uh, hit the hills for the afternoon hunt. And, you know, uh, discovered train to hunt along the way, just 2014, I think it was. And it's like, kind of intimidated by it you know i've always stayed in somewhat good shape you're hauling hay and doing irrigation stuff you're you're pretty pretty uh physically fit but here on the ranch we kind of went to mechanical operations and uh so i started to have to hit the gym and i kind of fell in love with lifting weights and running and made it a lot easier up in the woods so i guess from there and seeing the train to hunt, I was like, well, let's, let's give it a shot. Uh, all my buddies were talking about it. And I said, what the heck, you know, they're, they're just talking about it. I'm just going to go do it. And uh, my wife <clears throat> ended up signing up. And a good friend of mine, Drew Bailey, signed up. We went up to Eugene, met a good group of people and shot some arrows and took off on a heck of a meat pack. And, uh, was like, man, you know, kind of just fell in love with it and became a, a new motivator. And, and I'd never done any competition stuff, so training to hunt was like, you know, it was a, it was a, a huge learning curve for me. It was, it was uh, you know, the, the day you don't want to go to the gym, you're just thinking about training to hunt, and uh, it motivates you just to go in there and, and work out. What was your What was your first opinion of? just the group of people there. And cause like you said, if you didn't, if you hadn't competed much before, what was your first opinion on 
the atmosphere and uh, and what you were what kind of what you were welcome to, I guess, with that community. Well, you know, we we showed up and it was kind of late coming in and threw out our tents and crashed and got up and I think drank a little too much coffee. We were all excited and, and uh, it was just a walking 3D course and and uh, I'd never been so nervous. I was like like I was stalking in on a bull or something. I'm shaking and I'm so I'm like feeding off the adrenaline and uh, so the first bit of it, you don't really know what the competitive part is all about. You're just walking and shooting and uh everybody was just real friendly. They just came up, everybody shaking hands, introducing themselves. And, and, uh, so we, we, we got through our round there and then, uh, all of a sudden the meat pack comes up and, uh, that year it was, we just have one big steep hill at the range up in Eugene. And, uh, we had to get 200 pounds up the hill and you could do it however you wanted. And most people were doing rounds of, uh, a hundred up, down you go back up empty come back down go back up empty or uh loaded and then back down and you were done well what i saw was just people cheering and and just clapping and 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 you know you get get to yelling and motivating people and and i was like kind of like whoa this is you know completely different from any kind of competition or what I thought competition was like. It was like, it was like a family. Everybody was kind of rooting for each other. It didn't really matter. It took you 20 minutes or 45 minutes. And, uh, I knew it was something special when a guy <clears throat> went up the hill, an older gentleman, and, uh, he had previously talking to him. He said, I've trained to hunt it, like changed his life. And after a little while, it's been 45 plus minutes we're like what's going on here and probably 15 to 20 people went up the hill you know with no weight or nothing just walked up to find out and they all came back with i think it was mike audette and they came back with him pushing him down to the bottom of the hill cheering for him and then he just unleashed and ran to the finish line and it was i knew it was something pretty special so, uh, then, you know, we go, it was, uh, it was my turn to go for the heat and took off up the hill as hard as I could. And I came back down. I didn't even know what time I got, but Jesse Weiss came running up to me and he's like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, you just put a big crosshairs on your back. And I'm like, okay, what? You know? And so I guess I'd gotten the, the fastest meat pack time and, uh, so then we had to go into day two and, you know, I ended up getting second place overall in the weekend and was pretty dang excited. It was exciting. It was just, uh, it was something pretty neat, something pretty special. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I've, I've, I agree with you, man, that the first, my first experience you know, Colorado, I think, 2013, and that was before he had introduced the meat pack. And, but just, it was a challenge course and a 3D course when he first started. And it was the same thing, man. I mean, there was guys on the challenge course that were, 
you know, killing it, just great shape and, and they coming through. And, and then there was people that were struggling and people were just helping them through the finish line. Like you said, those people that were, they'd find somebody, you know, a quarter mile or, or maybe, you know, a couple, couple hundred yards out from the finish line and, and they'd be running with them to finish it out. And having, having been competing in bigger archery tournaments it wasn't like that i mean people would cheer you know when you they they had the the pro shoot offs and stuff but other than that there was no there was no uh feeling of of support from from the the vast majority of people there for just to see everybody do as best as they could so i i agree man i was taken to it right away when i first started competing and and uh so let's fast forward then so this this last weekend uh, like Will said, second time winning nationals in the men's open division, man. So first off, con- congrats. But secondly, what what's your take? You know, after you know ha- having competed in many events and and being successful again at the at the highest stage, what's your take from it from from this last weekend's event? Oh, you know, it was nationals. Is- is is a little bit different, I guess. It's just uh, they really throw a lot at you, have a lot, a lot more um, tasks at hand that you got to complete. And you know, it, 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 I still love it just as much as the first time I'd ever done it. Um, you know, it, it was really hot out there, and people were kind of hiding out in the shade as much as they could to save themselves for their event. And I understand that, but you know, every time I saw anybody going by and some spectator or whatever, another competitor, they were always rooting, cheering, um, running alongside, handing people water. And, um, you know, it just, it, it, it just gets harder and harder each year. It seems like last year was a, was a pretty, pretty good grind in the nationals there. And, and this year, just the same. And then they added a, an extra day, just a little navigation course, I guess, just to keep. Uh, I was teasing Kenton. I was like, he, he stays up all night trying to get everything situated. And I was like, you just have made this event, so uh, we'll all stay up all night with you. <laughs> and so, so everybody's just as tired as you the next day. But you know, all in all, I I really enjoyed it. You know, it's it's. Uh, just a pretty good, cool community of people. Still, still get the family feel of things. You get to see people you don't see very often. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was. I thought it was pretty good. Obviously, there's a lot of people that compete in the regional events that don't make it either. Whether they don't qualify or they just can't make it out to nationals because of you know where it's located or or whatever the situation is, and. Um, there's a lot of people that that are curious as to what what kind of stuff you're using in, in the event. So let let's let's touch just for a few minutes, man. What, what kind of gear? I mean, what kind of bow are you shooting? What kind of pack you running? Um, you know, are are you are you one I, I, with you know using the trekking poles on the meat pack? No trekking poles. Talk a little bit about what the stuff that you're that you're bringing to the event that helps you. Um, you know, your tools, your tools of the trade, man. Tell, tell us a little bit more about what you're using. Okay. Um, well, <clears throat> we, uh, we didn't really, you know, nationals is kind of like a, 
uh, I wouldn't say a guessing game. You get you get a list of what you what you need. And uh, so I, I just assumed I needed a pack for running with some weight in, which I usually is a smaller day pack. And I've I've been using the Badlands Super Day pack for a lot of years, and uh, it's just kind of turned into my train to hunt backpack or training backpack. Um, I just beat the heck out of that thing and send it back to those guys, and they just fix it up and send me a, send me a pack back. Um, my, uh, uh, was shooting a Hoyt carbon element and after winning nationals last year, I got my choice of a bow and I, I didn't really, I didn't know what really what I should get. And I ended up talking to Wayne Indicott a little bit and he, uh, he said, well, if they want to give you a carbon bow, I'd go with another carbon, you know, they're worth more and a good, great shooting bow. So I got the, uh, carbon spider ZT turbo and uh been shooting it ever since and that's what i bought the nationals this year um i started using trekking poles i'm using some black diamond um z pole i think they are and i started doing that um because in the qualifier last year i was huffing real hard and i've never used poles in my life and uh I was climbing the steep hill as hard as I could and just grinding it out. And I started hearing this noise behind me and I never looked back, you know, if I'm going, I'm just going to look forward and just go. And, and, uh, this guy, uh, John Pepper from down in the Bay area, <clears throat> he was gaining on me and, uh, talked to him quite a bit. The, the two years he participated and he's like, man, you got to get these poles. They're like, it's like having, extra legs you know it's like four-wheel drive you can just take some weight off and um a buddy of mine got some of those got those black diamond z poles and uh they were too big for him and he offered me he got them at a garage sale they're like brand new he got them for like 40 bucks he's like i'll just give me the 40 bucks of yours and so i bought them and carried them for uh most of the hunting season after uh nationals last year and i uh finally started breaking those things out and checking them out on the trail. And, you know, my, my feet weren't hurting as bad and my knees and stuff and coming downhill. And so then I started uh, incorporating that in some of the training for training to hunt when I carry a load and really enjoy the poles now. I mean, they're, they're a big help. And, uh, but after uh, national national last year, I was using an outdoorsman pack and it's a great pack. I love it. And use it a lot, but um, I won nationals and they'd given me a pretty good gift certificate for uh, Kafaru and I ended up getting the Kafaru packed with the carbon frame and the, um, I think it's the uh, Timberline 2 or something like that. It's a great pack and I, I started putting loads on that and, and that pack is like really built and, and designed for a heavy load, and they rate them at like 100 pounds. And so, after hauling some pretty good loads, of, I got an elk in Utah, and then was able to pull it off again in Oregon when I got home. And I hauled a, a, a huge amount of weight on my back with that pack, and it was just, it was comfortable. I mean, I, you know, it made it easier, I should say. It's still hard, but it was it's comfortable, and uh, you know, I, and a lot of guys will run uh, tennis shoes in the competition, and 
for like a nice cleated kind of a running shoe. And when I'm doing the meat pack, I'm I'm using boots, and the boots that are working for me are uh, the Kenetrek hard scrambles. Um, I've been beating the heck out of those for two seasons now, and they're holding together. But um, but during the running course, I, I I wear a pair of Solomons that are kind of cleated, lightweight trail running shoe. And um, what else? Uh, I guess you use uh, I like using my binoculars for the uh, 3D event. I like to maybe kind of pick out a spot and maybe look and see where the rings are at. Um, the Nationals this year was kind of cool, rangefinder or no rangefinder. So I uh, I don't hunt much for the rangefinder. I occasionally will bring one with me. Um, but I borrowed one for this competition because I knew that we were going to have that option or, or they said that rangefinders were okay on the on the course so i was using like a little leopold rangefinder but as far as gear wise i think that pretty much covers it for the train to hunt so so i mean what was your thought you <clears throat> how many events have you competed now you competed at this was you, you competed in 33 this year right yeah this year i went to um Nevada for their first train hunt. It was the first one of the year. And uh, then I came to, I just did Oregon here in, in Eugene. And then uh, was kind of committed to go to nationals. I was, it's kind of a hard decision to make because it, it does cost you the money to go do these things. And, you know, Eugene's close and, and we're not far from Reno. It was just outside of Reno and they had the event in you know, we, we teamed up with some folks and my wife and a couple of good friends and we just split the gas and go for it. And the the close ones are easy, but then as you get closer to nationals, you're like, gosh, you know, you can put that money elsewhere towards, you know, another hunt or whatever. And, uh, but after thinking about it and talking about it, my, and my wife was really supportive. She really was pushing for me to, to go for nationals again. Um, I just, you know, I was thinking about it. I'm like, it just wouldn't be right if, uh, or not necessarily, but it wouldn't be right. But I just, if you have an opportunity to, to defend a title, it's it's just kind of fair to go for it, try. And if you can complete it, great. And if, if not, and somebody can beat you, it just makes it that much more sweet for the person that wins, you know. So... What was your take on on the changes? You know, starting with the uh, with the shooting, with being able to use a rangefinder, and and how did you approach it? I mean, you know, were you planning just going in on, you know, just taking it target by target, or were you you thinking, well, if I can range it, I'm just going to range it just to make sure? I mean, what was your mind? What was, what were you thinking going into it? Well, you know, I was the scoring was a little bit different. So I was like, man, there's an opportunity to, to make a little more points there by no, by using no range finder. And so I just thought, you know, once I found out it was, it was, uh, you can make a decision at each target. I was thinking, well, this is awesome because there's going to be some targets that you're going to have a pretty good feeling for the yardage. And if you're confident enough to step up and do it, no range finder. So, we started getting on the on the course, and 
I was still pretty confident in my in my yardage judging until I hit, you know, a couple targets. We had a, I think it was uh, one of the targets we caught up with your group. There was a, an antelope up through this hole in the oak brush, and it's like I, I kind of thought I knew the yardage, but you start seeing a lot of targets somewhat open, and then you get into the brush and it throws you off. So it was kind of neat, you know. I, I go ahead and use the rangefinder and. You know, obviously you want to be in the vitals because if we were missing anywhere outside of those rings, we were getting a negative one. And, uh, but I, I, I was pretty happy with the day I, I was able to keep my nerves down and, and judge a lot of the yardage without the range finder and just added, you know, start adding the points up a little bit better. So that was great. Um, just like any, you know, it's it's just kind of real. It's like you, you get in on the animal, and you know, a lot of times you don't really have time to range, and you just kind of you're in that comfort zone. You know it. You're gonna take the shot, but you know a lot of your farther distance shots that you know, and anything that I've ever experienced, you, you more than likely have time to actually use the rangefinder. So, like definitely, we shot at that elk that was bedded down and. I feel like I could have guesstimated and got, you know, got a good shot, but it's like I told myself real life, that bull's laying there, even though I'm there, I'm stuck to here. I'm going to range him before I shoot. So I went ahead and used the rangefinder on that. So it was, you know, I thought it was, it was neat. It was well thought out. It was a, it was a good, good uh, new twist to the, to the train to hunt. Oh yeah. The, I, I agree. I, I like the, I like the shooter option because, like you said, in every situation is different. Every hunting scenario is different. I, I'm kind of with you. If it's, you know, 40, 42, 44 yards and in in a hunting situation, if it happens quick, I'm usually okay with judging a target, judging an animal and, and being confident and taking a good shot. But at that same time, if that animal doesn't know you're there and it's feeding or it's bedded, well, yeah, why not, right? Take the time, get the get the exact number, and and be that much more confident in the shot. So I really like that change. I really like the change in uh, in the in the bonus points too, because like you know, like you said, I I I made the mistake, and I just looking through that oak brush and and with the hills, the ups and downs a little bit, my yardage was off on the first couple targets that I judged, and I paid for it with negative ones. And had I changed my mindset and said well, I'm going to range find the first few targets, make sure that my yardage judge is on, and then go from there. You know, I uh, I could have handled the course differently, but I, I enjoy the scoring. I enjoy the negative one on the on the a wound because it's it's more realistic. Um, yeah. So I I'm with you, man. I, I had I thought it was even though I I didn't. I, it took me a while to to get over some bad targets that I shot. I really enjoyed the format. Yeah, I was. I thought it was great. It was. It was uh, out of the courses I've walked. It was kind of one of the more realistic hunting situation kind of a course. Um, my, I, I got to say, my favorite target was the uh, no, the no peak target. And Jesse Wise is just saying, you know, I, I will tell you, it's not down there towards the freeway. But other than that, it's it's on you. You just got to make this marker. And you got ten seconds to get the shot off, and uh, gosh, I, I just I was able to come out and see that target immediately, and just real quick, like I just thought, 
you know, this is what I'm shooting it for. <laughs> and made a killer shot, and, and I and I kind of rushed it, you know, but made a killer shot. And Jesse's like, dang, you shot that in four seconds. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I had a lot more time I could have aimed, you know. So I, I just thought that was, that was definitely my favorite shot on the course, and I just thought it was real good training for, for people, you know, you might hear a bull screaming there and you just kind of got a peek and you might be caught, you know, the chances right then and there, you're going to make the shot or you're not. And, uh, it was just, it was just real. It was just a real course. I really, I enjoyed it a lot. I agree, man. Um, I, I enjoyed that shot too. So any yeah. competition is a great chance to test yourself, right? And see what you're made of. And we'll have Trevor answer this question first and then Phil, cause I'd love to hear both your opinions on this. After this weekend, coming out of it, what would you say you've learned your biggest strength from it was and your biggest weakness was? I don't know what what, what I could say my biggest strength was. Uh, I think maybe on this uh, on this particular uh, competition, my biggest strength was like my, my mental game. I was able to, you know, everybody's getting nervous, but... I was just not letting myself get too wound up and, and, uh, you know, in a hunting situation that could get you, get you just as bad as not being physically safe. You could be out there too deep in the woods and freaking yourself out in your own mind. Um, or you could just make a bad shot. And so I think my biggest strength on this competition was, uh, just being able to mentally keep myself from getting too excited. Um, uh, weakness, gosh, um, I felt like I, I probably did, I, I did the best I've ever done in one of these train, train hunts, you know, as far as my shooting and everything else, uh, maybe, maybe in the, maybe need to work a little bit on pacing myself a little bit, not getting ahead of myself on, on the meat pack. But you know, still, still uh, performed a pretty good meat pack. So I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question very good or not. But, but well, let, let me help you out, Trevor, because you're obviously a very humble guy, man. And, and I haven't met you this weekend, and and got to you know just hang out a little bit in between events. Um, well, he was solid in all three events. Okay, he won two out of the three events and took second in the other event. So there was no, there was no, not much weakness in Trevor's game this last weekend. Um, and having competed in myself, this was my seventh or eighth train to hunt event. Um, by far the best performance I've seen all around. Okay. So congratulations again. Like I said, there's no, there, you, you don't have to toot your horn, man. I, I'll do it for you. Cause you, you had a hell of a performance. So, so, so great job there. Um, as far as me answering your question, Will, I, I think that I got ahead of myself in the shooting and it hurt me right out the gate with being confident in my yardage but being that it was different terrain, a um, little bit more angled shots than I was practicing on, on my home range at home or at, you know, here in Denver where I got to shoot. So instead of you know, saying, okay, well, like I said, using the range finder, the first couple shots, making sure that I was acclimated, making sure that I was making sure, double checking my, myself. I just took the risk and, and it bit me by misjudging the first two targets I judged by four yards and, and it, it, it wasn't good. So 
that that hurt me. I think that <clears throat> when I finally um, when I finally kind of figured out that it was it was I, I was finally acclimated and I started shooting well. I think that the last ten targets of the the shooting round, I think I, I finished fifty three or fifty four out of sixty points possible. So I I I shot really well the second half, but I had dug myself a huge hole. So from then on out, I was, I think that was my, just finding my shot again and just re recognizing that, um, you know, just trusting myself and relaxing. Uh, I had a great rest of the time shooting. I mean, I, I took second to Trevor in the, in the uh, challenge course and I didn't have the, I didn't have the fastest time. I mean, I was like the fourth fastest time or fifth fastest time, but my shooting made up for it. And I, I came back and, um, and I brought myself up a few places on that day too, because, because I shot well. So it, it, it was tough, man. It, it was, it was, uh, like I said, I think we were what four, four miles and change on the meat pack, Trevor, something like that. Yeah. I heard somebody say like, yeah, four points on four point four or something. I don't know. I, I knew it was at least four, you know, yeah, that's what it, Kenton was saying four it, for sure. It was long, and then even day two or day three, I guess, on the on the challenge course where we did all the obstacles, most of the the uh, physical challenges, um, right there at the at the starting line, and then we started that hike up that hill again. I mean, it was a uh, it, it was a leg burner all weekend. You know, it was a it was a tough weekend. Yeah, very tough. When we took off on the. Uh the mountain part of that course, I remember just hiking and pushing for so long that when I finally hit that first target, I was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're shooting here. I, I, it almost felt like another meat path. And uh, <laughs> so it was it was definitely a grind. It was – your legs were burning, like you said, the whole time. Yeah. It, you know, I, I thought about it, and I remember – I, I mean, Will competed in, in Colorado also uh, when we did 200 pounds, what, 2014? Yeah, that's and, right. and And talking to the different competitors that have been doing it since that time and even before, um, you know, you see the it, – it's interesting because a lot it, – it's tough either way, right? You, you make it three-quarters of a mile or a mile with 200 pounds, and there's no less suck in, in that than – than four miles with what we did this weekend. It's it's a different it's a different race and it's a different uh, uh, different. It's a, it's just different what you got to tap into and what, if your strengths cater towards that longer endurance race, then then it shows. But I tell you what, man, it it's great all around from the standpoint of just testing yourself in, with different uh, with different types of weights and, and different distances. Yeah, for sure. Trevor, if you were to give somebody who came up to you and said, I'd like to start trained to hunt, I'd like to give it a try, what would your advice to that person be? Um, you know, I'd tell them, just, you gotta, you gotta come out and try it. You know, you're gonna learn a lot of stuff along the way, but, um, I think I would tell them to, to work a lot on cardio and I would, Tell them to, to really work on executing good shots, you know. I, I, I've 
seen a lot of people um, do more uh, quantity of shots versus quality, and I've been trying to do more of the quality part of things because you can kind of push yourself to develop bad habits, you know, just shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting fatigue and everything else like that. Um, so I would, you know, it, you do need some strength to do the train to hunt, but you really, you really need to have the endurance too. You gotta, you gotta be able to push yourself and push your lungs. So I would definitely, you know, shooting and, and doing a lot of cardio. And is there anything you'd recommend, like, so if cardio, they're no cardio heavy, would what would you say, hey, don't waste so much time on this. It's not that big of a deal as you think it'll be. You know, I would maybe just, you know, I'd spend some time doing a lot of, a lot of leg type stuff. You, you don't need, like, huge biceps. You don't need to be doing a bunch of bench press and getting a huge chest. Um you know, you, you got to just be able to, you know, basically do burpees, um, which doesn't, you know, you don't necessarily need to be able to bench 300 pounds just to do burpees. Even if you're doing burpees, with like 20 pounds on your back. But, you know, it's going to end up gassing you so hard when you have bigger muscles that, you know, you, you're just better off doing, you know, lighter weight and more reps and more, you know, not injuring yourself trying to go so heavy. That would be my guess, my, my biggest recommendation. Um, as far what, as like shooting, what's that? What's what's your training look like day to day to get ready for this event? I'm sure there's a lot of people who want to know. <laughs> well, what's well, been average? You know, three days in a gym. Um, I meet up with my good friend, Stephen Don. He's a personal trainer. Um, and he kind of fell in love with the train to hunt part of things. And, and he, he trains kind of uh, functional lifting. And so uh, I'll go in and, and meet up with him and we'll just push each other as hard as we can doing obstacle kind of course style training. Because, um, you know, just different odds and ends. We will, we will do some lifting and stuff, but it's a lot of obstacle course type stuff that's more functional, I guess. So would, that's how I would put it. But so I, we'll do that. But then I, I do a lot of things on my own where, you know, I can't sit around or if I sit too long, I'm just going to fall asleep. I mean, I start work so early. I got to keep on the move because as soon as I get a chance to, to, to get some Z's, I'm going down, but I'll, I'll take off for a good run just out across the street. I got a track and run for half an hour or something, but um, we'll typically meet up at, at the range. Um, sometimes we've got several different folks that show up and sometimes it's just, I'm just out there by myself, but I'll, I'll set up uh, just a kind of a mini train to hunt course and just work on gassing myself real hard running with a, pack with some weight and shooting um and then one of the one of the tougher workouts that i do and that i really really enjoy is that uh, i live at the base of grizzly peak and there's a big mountain here in our town and <clears throat> I grew up right at the base of it like a, a lot closer than where i live now but um 
I'll go up to that trail and I'll throw a, a sandbag in my pack and just go for time. You know, the first mile, it's a little over a mile, is all uphill. There's some slight little bumps, you know, maybe a little downhill, but I'll just push as hard as I as, as hard as I possibly can and try to beat my time from the from the Friday before. And when I get up there, I'll drop my pack and I have running shoes on there and I pull my running shoes off, switch out, you know, switch my boots, my running shoes, and I'll run the loop on the top. And that top is a little over two miles. And, you know, depending on how I'm feeling, I'll push, you know, as hard as I can or just do a light jog. But the idea is for me to start the meat pack up to the top there without stopping. And then my break is just putting my shoes on. From there, when I start that jog, I tell myself I'm not going to stop until I get back to my pack. And there's been times where I'm damn close to stopping. And, you know, what I mean stopping is just slowing down into a walk. But so far, I, you know, I'll talk to the trail, and I'll just like, you're not getting me today, you're not getting me today, and I'll just push myself. And so I think that builds my mental strength, too, as much as my legs and my cardio. And then my reward is just to be able to walk uh, down the trail uh, with that pack, but no speed, just nice, steady, mellow walk back to the truck. And, you know, that's typically how it goes for me, um, other than just working. Sometimes I'm hauling hay. Hauling hay is a, a huge benefit. I don't know if anybody out there has ever hauled me hay, but that's a workout and a half right there, itchy, sweaty, basically doing uh, deadlifts or clean and jerk repetitively over and over and over. So that's a that's another huge uh, workout there. You could probably go to the local farmer and they'll actually even pay you to get a little workout in. Not much, but you'll get paid. <laughs> There's lots of farmers who I'm sure would love to have people show up and say, hey, can I haul hay with you today? <laughs> Just about every single one of them. <laughs> what does your diet look like? My diet? Well, I try to eat clean, you know. I just want to eat good, healthy food. It's it's, it's hard to do. Um, it's, it's, it's expensive to buy good quality food, but... Um, you know, I I take pride in um, harvesting my own meats. You know, occasionally I'll buy some chicken or something, but um, my goal and my whole idea in life is just to get out there and hunt. It's just what I thrive to do and was born to do. I know I know for a fact it's in my DNA that I'm just a, I'm just a born hunter and I'm going to go out and do it no matter what. And so I eat a lot of elk and um eat a lot of deer um, i had a couple bad years on deer where i used to just be really really successful on the blacktail and um for whatever reason i i guess because i've had the elk meat or bear meat in my freezer i'll i've been holding out for a, a special buck and I'm, I'm by no means am i like a trophy hunter i would shoot a just, in, you know, I want to shoot something that's mature-ish, you know, or I just don't want to shoot like the little baby guy that just really had not had a chance to run around and experience life. So I've passed on a lot of deer lately, but mainly because I had meat in the freezer. But so I'll, I'll eat elk meat a lot, 
especially this last year. I was, like I said, I was lucky enough to get one in uh, Utah and then one here in Oregon. But um, I shot a bear a couple of springs ago that lasted for quite a while, supplemented that in. And this year I harvested a, a really nice bear. And uh, I'll, I'll make patties up. I do a kind of a, a sage blend. I take sage out of my buddy Drew's garden and grind it in with the when I do the grinding. So in the mornings, uh, probably about seven, I'll eat, eat a, a bear patty with a couple eggs and you know, and then try to carry on to lunch. And you know, depending on if I have leftovers from the night before, my my wife always cooks these huge meals. It's just me and her and. and I'm stuck with the leftovers, which is great. Don't live too far from home, so I'll run down and eat my good quality wild game lunch. You know, eat a lot of fish. We do a lot of fishing. So, you know, just just try to eat clean. You know, don't go out and get the junk food. Is is my motto. So it's a lot of avoiding yeah. the bad stuff. Yeah. So you, you know, and I'll try to I try not to put too many carbs in. We we. Bread's good. I mean, everybody loves bread, but we try to hold off and not eat as much. So, I don't really have like a strict diet. I'm a little bit older and was introduced to elk. I knew what they were and I always wanted to hunt them, but I was just too small and I was all on my own. And, uh, but once I started getting into the elk, I mean, I just love hearing elk bugle. It's, it's just something special about chasing an animal and it's, roaring out there making all kinds of noise and just how big they are and how big their racks are. So I just really, I, I look forward to September every year. I just work, work my butt off and try to get out of, get out of, get out of town to do some hunting. You know, I've been working the same job for quite some time now and I'm able to pretty much take the entire elk season off. And so some people say that's crazy because you end up working harder on your vacation than you do at work, but I love it. It's, it's a good, good, good way to uh, get out and enjoy life and just you just feel fresh after the elk season's over, like you accomplished something. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of hard to say that if if I could pick a favorite, it's, I, I couldn't really do it because. I'm just going to hunt whatever's open. It could be talking to me right now in the spring. I'd be like, spring turkey's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. No, but, fair uh, enough, man. That, yeah, what do you have? So, what'd you draw this year? Well, I didn't, wasn't fortunate enough to draw any tags myself. My wife did get a late season, uh, muzzleloader blacktail tag here in the Rogue Valley. Um, we just we got some pretty good opportunities on just general season archery. The whole state's pretty much open, and uh, we have elk here close to home. We got the coastal range where we got Roosevelt, and I haven't spent much time over there. I need to because I really would love to try hunting the rainforest over there. And, <clears throat> but it's kind of a instead of hunting right out of the. We're, we're sitting in one of the best areas for blacktail deer. So if I'm going to hunt here close to home, I'm typically going to hunt blacktail. But part of the whole journey is just heading for, for eastern Oregon. We'll go up to the northeastern corner and get into the Rocky Mountain elk. They just 
bugle a lot more. The elk close to home here just don't really talk much. And we go up there because we know we're going to at least see them and we're probably going to hear them. And here, close to home, it could be full season of hunting and you're lucky to get into a herd once. Um, so that being said, I did have one of my best friends, who's like a brother to me, go down to the Salt Lake um, sports show down there and he put five bucks in on a raffle ticket for a limited entry bull elk and he was lucky enough to pull the tag. And we had a deal together. I went to Colorado my first time going to Colorado. I went down there for a mule deer hunt and he came along and he paid half of everything. Um, and we went in there and I was able to get my first mule deer buck, just, just a small four point, but I was happy. And so the deal was when he drew, I was going to go with him and well, he called me up and said, I got this bull out tag and I kind of want to cash in on that. I, uh, I know I'm supposed to go on a deer hunt with you or whatever, but I'd rather use your help on the elk hunt. And he's, you know, it was it was a hard decision because I love hunting elk and I, I love running around and chasing them so much. But it's, I agreed, you know, that it would be a, it was a it was a pretty good honor to be able to go with him. And so my plan is to to hunt here for about a week and then I'm gonna boogie out and go down and help my friend Camden on this limited entry bull elk tag. And uh, it's in a, a, a in the Manti unit, which is really a good unit with some big bulls. And uh, then I started looking into the regulations down there, and Utah actually has some over-the-counter opportunities that I don't think are really probably not known as the, the greatest or whatever, but it's probably just as good or better than here at home. So I think I'm just going to... Um, purchase the general archery tag there and there's a couple units that go into the extended they're called the extended season and it um right there at the range where we were just at last weekend uh is part of some of that extended stuff and so i'm just going to go actually hunt just right outside of where the range was i'm going to go just check it out and see if it's something i want to do in the future or hopefully get on some elk um and then you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and that season runs clear to like December 15th, and if I have an opportunity and can run down in November sometime, maybe around Thanksgiving, then I'll have a tag in my pocket, and I'll just go visit my buddy and go give it another shot. So that's kind of my plan so far. Um, of course, we have we do have a late season archery. Our, our general season is good for. Um, the deer general season is good for uh, November here, and that's typically when the bigger bucks will slip up and make mistakes, and I end up chasing them. So I'll hunt elk for September, and then November I'll go after the blacktail. Then you know we have we got a lot of bears, so I got bear tag in my pocket, and I already actually started off I'm on a roll so far. I was able to harvest a really nice spring bear. I think I already mentioned that. Um, so I got spring bear meat in the freezer and I still got leftover elk. And well, hopefully if the, if everything's good, maybe we'll be able to get close enough and stick another elk. 
For sure, man. I mean, it's it's that time here too. I mean, we're itching. I'm ready. I, I, my, <laughs> the meat in my freezer is starting to to run thin, and I can't wait to get out there myself. So, um, I'm excited, man. I, it it's I'm excited for this year as well. And and you haven't started the year off earlier with that bear, man. It's uh it's time to keep rolling, right? Yeah, heck yeah. That's I was. I didn't get to talk to you much, you know, it was pretty cool to run into you right off the bat. I just wanted to uh, congratulate you again. That was a pretty good accomplishment on that Ram. That was, I saw pictures of that. It was something else. I appreciate yeah, it, man. Uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely one of, one of the hunts that I've been looking forward to for a long time. So to get to draw, it was, it was pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. <clears throat> I always, uh, I've always wanted to hunt Ram, and I'm sure it'll happen someday. I keep applying, but um, I've heard I've heard different stories from different people. I was just wondering what what do you think about the the meat? Is it is it pretty good eating? Pretty good eating meat. I personally thought it was excellent. I thought that uh, yeah. you know I didn't shoot a a super old Ram. I mean the Ram I shot I think they said was they figured him at seven and a half years old. Um, and which was a mature ram and and it was you know it was it was good it was three quarter on one side and it was busted off a little bit on the other side but it didn't it's hard to explain because people have asked me what does it taste like and <clears throat> i've had i i was scared myself because i i had some people say oh that meat tastes terrible well once we got home and i had all this meat in the freezer and in the cooler i'm like okay well what do i do do i Am I going to just make ground out of all this? Or am I going to cut steaks? What? So I just cut a couple steaks off the off the back strap and just salt and peppered it, man, threw it on the grill. And that's that's how that's kind of my my go-to to see if I'm going to like meat or not because antelope is another one that's, that's – you flip a coin with antelope because sometimes it's terrible and sometimes it's, it's good. It just depends, I think, yeah. on what they're eating. So, so I did the same thing with the sheep, threw the steaks on the grill and – very cautiously took that first bite and uh i was like wow this tastes great and then i took another bite and then i invited my wife to try it because she eats all the game meat that i that i kill too and she really enjoys it but she doesn't have any problem telling me which one's her favorite and which one she doesn't care for and <laughs> yeah. so i gave her a bite and she said wow that's really good so i cut everything into steaks i had a, like two small roasts and everything was steaks i made zero burger out of anything there was a couple bags of chunks they just, you know, with, after you're cutting certain steaks and you end up with small pieces, I just chunked it yeah. up and, and we've, we've used that for like a stir fry or, you know, uh, something like that. And it's gone, man. That, that meat was the first to go. I shot, you know, <laughs> I shot two elk last year that ram and a, de- a whitetail and the sheep was the first to go. It, it was really good. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how the good stuff goes quick. Yeah, this, yeah, you're talking about the an, you're talking about the antelope flipping the coin, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. I did uh, happen to draw an antelope tag too, so I'm going on my first antelope hunt ever in uh, Wyoming. Oh, right on. To that. When, <laughs> when are you heading yeah. out for that one? Um, you know, I think we're going to end up going. Uh, we haven't set the time. They're so lenient with their dates there. Um, we're thinking it's going to be around October 15th, which <clears throat> I was told is probably a, a pretty hard time to get, 
do an archery hunt and uh for sure my my bow is going to be with me but uh we're also going to bring a couple of rifles and if we can't get close enough with a bow and we see a nice antelope out there sure i'm gonna i pull out the rifle and take a shot there you go especially uh yeah the <clears throat> my my friend i'm hunting with down there he's in uh, utah he builds custom rifles and i had to i had to go ahead and purchase one he built me up a real pretty gun and <clears throat> never even got to fire it yet but uh so it's kind of be like you know i really want to get it done with a bow but i also really want to try out this new rifle so <laughs> we'll see see what happens hey man a good hunter has many tools so it, it whatever it uh, takes that's right right on so on to current events we've talked a little bit about bear hunting uh trevor did you get a chance to check out that video i sent over yeah yeah i did the, the guy chucking the spear yeah so big topic now in hunting see it all over the social medias and regular medias is the josh bomar spearing the black bear up in canada and this video has been out for a long time right if you're in the hunting community chances are you saw it a long time ago uh since the spring i think trev what's your opinion on the whole issue hey you know i say more power to him if he's brave enough to sneak in there and that's how he wants to harvest an animal he wants to experience like how our ancestors had to do it hey i say go for it um I, the video I saw, it didn't seem like it was too gruesome to me. I mean, uh, surely there's there's videos out there of a, a bear attacking another bear that is way more gruesome than that and just aggressive. I mean, this he made a heck of a, a stalk and he made a heck of a throw. It looked to me like a perfect, you know, ten ring basically. He's he he drilled him. I don't think that bear suffered at all. Probably a pretty quick. Uh, humane kill and uh you know <clears throat> i say more power to the guy for for doing that i don't i'm sure you know like most hunters i'm sure he's aware of the regulations and everything else i don't think he probably did anything illegal um maybe he did then well shoot he made a mistake and you know, learn from it. Like I told Trev on the rifle thing, you know, a good hand, a good hunter has many tools and is proficient with many tools. And I think that, you know, for him to uh, be confident enough to take that out and, and, and then get it done, uh, he had to have, you know, practiced or been proficient with it. Um, so I've got no issue. Again, if, if it's legal and the game law say that you can do that with, with that method of, of weapon, th then... It's on the hunter, you know. It's on the hunter to be, uh, to be ethical as ethical as they can with it, and do the best job they can. And I'm, I agree with like Trevor said. It, you know what? There's some people that want to have a, a connection with, with uh, the way that our ancestors did things, the way that that this this world has kind of evolved into uh, the give it to me now mentality and technology and. They don't. They don't know where their food comes from and everything else. The world's just getting too, uh, too soft. And and uh, I think that for some people to want to step back or take a couple steps back and and experience things like, like people did 
hundreds or thousands of years ago, man, I'm all for it. So, well put, for sure. That's, yeah, I couldn't say it any better. That's, that's the way it is. What is you know, and it's, it's weird that people attack certain people just out of, and they're getting up on them. It's just kind of, there's a ton of other people out there that spear stuff, and <clears throat> you don't see them getting drilled by the, I don't know. It's just, it's the whole bear thing, right? It's got to be the bear thing, yeah. the teddy bear, you know, I don't know. Is that yeah. what I haven't seen the, the backlash wheel? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, you know, I think it's the bear thing, the spear thing, the way people have a problem with his reaction to it. And, you know, it's a lot of, I think, non-hunters judging people on an experience they've never had in their entire lives. You know, yeah. it's no surprise here sits three hunters who've all experienced hunting that all agree it's not that big a deal, right? Life is far more violent than I think people would like to pretend it isn't out there in the woods. And, you know, we've all seen what it really looks like out there. And there's a lot of people who their knowledge of the animals, what they see in a Disney cartoon or at the supermarket, and to them this seems like a crazy, crazy ordeal. Well, you know, his reaction is you know, like suited the situation just fine. I mean, that guy had to have been to the max on adrenaline. I mean, I've made some stocks on some bears and the feeling you get, it's just something about a bear, you know. I don't know if it's the fact that it's bigger than you, stronger than you, whatever, or it's known as, I don't know if it's necessarily known as dangerous, but, or dangerous game or whatever, but uh, he's close. He's like, he's close to a wild animal. I mean, it's a, even being close to an elk or or a deer, you just get that adrenaline. And sure, he he turned around, and was excited, and once he you could see his reaction. Once he knew he was in the clear, he wasn't being attacked. Well, shoot, he was he was cheering and he was proud of what he did. You know, I gotta honor that. Yeah, I think that's well put, and and like you say, it's an experience we've all had. That yeah. post shot experience that and i think what happens is a lot of people just have no clue what that's actually like yeah no you know not not that it's related but you see some people that you know they want to go out and run whatever maybe they're going to run a 5k or a 10k or they're going to do something like a trail run and 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 maybe they don't want to do it with shoes on maybe they want to go barefooted because that's how people used to do it years ago right well who cares if that's what somebody wants to do and it's legal and, you know, it, it's somebody that that's people have nothing better to do in certain situations than to poke fun or criticize other people for their decisions. And, and like I said, I think that there's too many people that are soft, that are lazy, that are uh, getting used to things being done for them and I think people need to go out and experience nature a little bit more whether they, they don't have to hunt they don't have to fish but to get outdoors and and just to re- realize that <clears throat> there wasn't always insulation and double pane windows and satellite dish tv and all that garbage that, you know people and I'm all for a lot of that stuff you know mo- technology moving forward but people are forgetting you know what it took took to get here and people are forgetting about the sacrifices some people made 
and people used to make every day. And it's just, like I said, I just, it's, it's turning into that mentality that everybody needs a ribbon and everybody needs the participation points. And I, I don't get it, man. I mean, I'm, I just wish that, I wish people can just back off on certain things like that. I'm, I'm gonna, I better stop before I start, before I start cursing. <laughs> Phil, it sounds- I to that. You just nailed that one right, you know, nailed that right on the head. That was good. <laughs> You know what, Phil? I think on that note, I we'd like to thank our fine sponsors, Mountain Ops. You can head on over to getmountainops.com to get 20% off your purchase there. They, um, I've been using the pre-workout a little bit more, still keeping it down to hash scoops, but it's going well. Um, I got to try out the peach enduro this weekend, and it was money. Wait, peach enduro? Peach Enduro just came out. When did that come Peach out? Enduro. Just just came out. Should be up online now. I don't think I've even seen Peach Enduro, Phil. Yeah, it you gotta try it. It's money. You ever try any Mountain Ops supplements there, Trev? Yeah, you know, I I did a uh hydrate recovery, um I don't I'm not sure the flavor, and then one of the pre workouts I've tried and <clears throat> you know, I try to limit myself on that stuff. It Maybe I need to do the half scoop thing. That pre-workout stuff will just kind of, I don't know, gets me a little tingly. <laughs> it's the blood flow, doesn't it? Yeah. So. I stick with halves yeah, and no. quarters for workouts. <laughs> halves and quarters. Halves yeah. and quarters. Just That's a little a bit. Idea. Just a little bite. Just a little bite out there. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need the full scoop. I like to, you know, feel like I can live through my workout. It's a little too powerful for myself. Yeah. What I'm used to. But yeah, if you no, it seems like a good product and uh, pretty nice folks, from what I understand. They they are they're tremendous guys, really nice guys. Did you get to meet him when you went out there, Phil? I did. I well, I stopped by and seen Casey and uh, and Matt. Jordan was uh, out, family family matters uh, anniversary, I believe. But um, yeah, so when we stopped in and and they had a little sample packet, and I told Casey I need to order some of that stuff. So we picked up a few bottles before we hit up the mountain. <laughs> And thank you for sending me those pictures so I could post them all over social media too, Phil. That's great. The the pictures of what? <laughs> some new peach enduro. Help me drop some knowledge on people. No, just keep it all for yourself. Keep it under lock and key. That's great. Hey man, <laughs> I tell you what, it tasted that good. I kind of had a hard time sharing, so I did share with Matt Anderson a little bit. I let him have some taste some some peach, but. Hey, nonetheless, you're looking to get some NBH20 at checkout and get you 20% off uh, off your purchase. That's right. And if you have head on over to mavenbuilt.com, you can get yourself some free swag when you enter the code NBH, NBH gift. gift. That's right. And you get yourself some free swag. I see they got some new hats and shirts coming out, so maybe that'll be something they throw in there when you order a nice pair of custom binoculars. Phil, tell the people how awesome these products are they're money man like i said i really got to put them to the test when i went up scouting a couple three weeks ago and i had the spotter and, and the 11 buys and uh, you know from from a clarity standpoint it, they're as good as anything i've used and being that they're you know not quite half but about 60 percent of some of the equivalent products that i've used and they're as good I'm sold on the Maven stuff. Uh, super happy to be using their product. Uh, I've got, like I said, I've got the spotter. 
They've also got 15s out right now. Um, and they've got some other stuff down the line that, that's going to be exciting to see moving forward, of which you can't say anything to yet. But uh, super happy with the Maven products. Well built and great people over there at, the, at, uh, at Maven. Those 15s look awesome. Have you checked them out yet? Uh, I have not been able to. No, when, I, when Brendan came through town, they, they didn't have them ready to go yet. So I'm excited for those. Yeah. It's the little things in life. <laughs> well, Trevor, thank you so much for coming on. And again, congratulations in your second national championship victory at Train to Hunt this year. You know, it's, right an, it's an impressive feat, man. It's sure, it, you know, having competed myself, I know how hard it is to win. It's tough. Well, I appreciate that a lot. It was, uh, it was a lot of work and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was able to pull it off and, well, yeah, it really hasn't quite settled in. I don't think yet. My, my body's letting me know though. It's it's still a little bit sore. (laughs) No, I hear you there, man. But yeah, like I said, it it was great to meet you this weekend. Um, got to hang out just a little bit, but Hoping to see you again next year, man, at some point, somewhere, at one of the events, potentially, and uh, and, and, and just get to, get to do it all over again because it's, 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 it's great to be able to, uh, like I said, apply ourselves in, in a bow, bow hunting-esque kind of uh, competition. So a lot of fun, man. You know, there's yeah. another competition yeah. you can travel to in Colorado, too, if, you know... Yeah you're uh feeling the itch for a little more competition the alpha bow hunting yeah we'd love to have you out for that trevor oh for the uh colorado uh you're talking about a colorado qualifier no we we've got another event we started this year it's called the alpha bow hunting challenge we'll we'll send you some more info yeah we'll get you some more info on that it, it's a lot of cool. fun. A little more shooting base, not as much uh, fitness base, but it's nonetheless, man. It's some it's some head to head competition, and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, no, you know, I'm, it's uh, it's just kind of an honor to be part of training hunt and maybe even some other uh, type of events because uh, it it really is uh, it's for the greater good, right? You know, we're we're just trying to be more ethical and better and and just passionate and love what we're doing. So, um, you know, uh, I would, I would definitely send me some infer- information and, you know, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I can uh, fly out and shoot some arrows with you guys. That'd be a great man. Hell yeah. And Hey, it, it wouldn't hurt for you to get on Facebook, Trev. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe one of these days I just started texting, you know, maybe a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to work you up from texting to Facebook. Maybe even someday you'll get an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. Je- you know, Jesse Wise has to be pretty good about that. I bet, I bet he does. I see people reaching out to your wife just to try to get a hold of you. Hey, there reminds yeah. me Ben Greenfield's looking for you too. So if he hasn't got a hold of you, I'll send you his number. Okay. Sounds good. Right on. Right on, man. It's good to catch up, and congrats again. So uh, that's all I got here, Will. So on that note, (laughs) wake up, chase your dreams, repeat.